Previously, on the censor, a very young Hikaduf is going about his day in the abbey of Telbathud, helping his friend Tobek convey baskets of grapes to the winemaker, when they run afoul of the Pabo, the archbishop of the Tell. The Pabo demands of them some lessons on the sacred books of the Banath, and then tells them of his strange story. The Pabo had dreamt of a simple people in an unknown land, hidden within the deadly reaches of the desert, and of a ragged wanderer that came upon the village. Surprising both the Pabo and Tobek, a young Hikadoff has had the very same dream, but from the vantage of the wanderer. The Pabo is hopeful that Hikadoff may offer some miraculous testimony to this tale, but the boy's courage fails and he is unable to explain the dream. So, the Pabo goes on about his important business in running Telbathud, and we shall follow. The Censor by Seth Brady Chapter 14 The Sacred Numerology The day might never have been interrupted. As soon as the Pabo felt the disappointment towards Hikadoff, his mind immediately returned to the normal run of his work, and his regret, too, was forgotten. Because of the unusual circumstances surrounding his introduction to Telbathud, Hikadoff had reminded him again of the existence of the Wintekian soldiers in the city. All for the sake of this boy were these imperial soldiers impelled to put a spear into anything resembling a mother and baby. That horrible occasion was still fresh in the Pabo's mind, even though most of Hosebain had forgotten about the murdered children. It was sufficient to the curiosity of the people that the child was a bastard of the noblewoman Weam and some unknown man as no one spoke much about the fact that the overlord Yichin had vanished from the public eye on that same day. It was clear to the Pabo that this was a scandal to the shadow government of the Kotal, and that the emperor had delved a foundation for his rule in Hosebein by exploiting this scandal. The ancient lineage of Thudes had been interrupted forever, and the oligarchical overlords who sought to rule in their stead had proven to be weak, duplicitous, and murderous in their attempts to conceal a bizarre affair, but thankfully their weakness allowed for a kind and peaceful warlord from a fertile land to walk into their city and simplify their woes. Of this too, the Pabo had put from his mind and set himself to the day's appointments. The Pabo had intended to speak to Brother Fessia about the letters in the word Bugogoy, which was a name of a Wintekian god that was popular to their soldiers and what may be gleaned from the numerology of these letters. Transcribed into the Khalid Abjad, and with the vowel marks removed, the name is rendered as BGGY, which is 100 million multiplied twice by 10 million, then multiplied again by 10,000. As the Pabo had figured it, the value could be simplified to 10 to the power of 25, unless there is an H in the word 
which would then add a multiplier of 3 to the net value. While reading the value from the letters was a simple task that most city-dwelling children of the time were capable of, Fessio was an adept student to the incidental mathematics that facilitate the connection between seemingly unconnected words. Secretly, the Pabo was unconvinced as to the truth of these explanations, but he had a respect for the thoroughness which Fessia employed in this numerology. If the man was inventing these precepts, he was a man of uncommon imagination. Ten to the twenty-fifth power? That alone doesn't mean anything to me, O oh Pabo. This was Fessia's opening remark to the question of Bugogoy's number. Remember, please, that the sacred numbers mean nothing to these heathens from the fertile rim, so if there's any significance to this word that they invented, it might be a secret that cannot be found by human eyes. Heathens they are, old brother, but they are our overlords now, said the Pabo. I was at the eastern gate when our city was given to them by the late Yichin. I remember the day, O Pabo said Fessia, by means of forestalling the tiresome old tale from being told again by the old man. And I myself attempted to lock the invader into a contract of faith, said the Pabo, that he would secure his empire by defending our holy observance. So I do not fear that he may replace God with this bugogoy, because he knows that such an undertaking implies a compounding resistance to his rule. Perhaps the numbers in the name suggest just that, a Tescore-style equation that applies the time devoted against God to an exponentially rising belligerence by the Hosea. Perhaps, allowed Fessia, but that must be determined. Thank you for your allowance, brother, but I am not seriously presenting this theory, and I am not, after all, such an assiduous student of the sacred numbers as I ought to be. And yet, perhaps, there is an unconsidered factor in this equation, that being the time devoted to the policy of non-interference that the Kotal currently employs. Given a greater amount of time, you raise a similar compounding answer of diminishing power on the behalf of the Empire. Again, O Pabo, that might be, said Fessia. And again, we are not truly using either the Tescoran nor the Hosea techniques in these executions, so I cannot prove or disprove this equation you speak of. We are only talking, O oh brother. Let it just lie at that. Yes, O oh Pabo. Do you know what I'm driving towards with my pseudo-mathematical theorem, Brother Fessia? asked the Pabo. Not being of a mathematical nature, O Pabo, it is somewhat beyond the sphere of my understanding. Even though it's beyond this sphere you mentioned, said the Pabo, it isn't without proper reasoning. This reasoning is called statecraft, O brother, and it is often too unordered to allow for our numerological techniques, at least within a reasonable amount of time. I have seen what must necessarily come out of the talented and wicked mind of the Kotal, and that he may well seek another way to turn the Hosea against each other, so that they may see him as a true king, and that they may never depose him from the throne of Yichin. You are wise, O Pabo, and I think this may be very likely. On the contrary, O brother, 
said the Pabo. It is a certainty. There is something that is merely likely, and that is the means that the Kotal will use to further unite us towards him. I think I finally understand, O Pabo, said Fessia, though he was such a pedant that it wasn't clear if he understood or wished to escape from the conversation a competent scholar. I'm glad you understand, my brother. Indeed, he will seize upon our campaign against the remaining Taramkuts living in the city. He knows about this hardship, and it is the chief hatred of the Hosea to exploit because it is the most pervasive. Fessia had suspected that the Pabo might say this, but he was unwilling to make any comment to the theory. The worship of Dramter as the father of everything was such a vile blasphemy that many Hosea of this time would consider all the Taramkits to be vermin. This did not bother Fessia, but few things outside of Tel Bathud and its books lent much to his meditations. However, he was aware of how the fervor against the pariah had reached a pitch, such that one must always agree to any sentiments against them, so that one might not be mistaken for a hidden Taramkut. I understand, O oh brother, allowed the Pabo. There is no need for you to comment. Please, only remember what I have said, and if you are able, discuss it with your brothers. I think I will do that, O oh Pabo, but I must be careful. Yes, Fessia, I know what you mean. The Wentekians have so far kept our tell sacred and have demurred from entering it directly, but there is no reason that they must continue to do this. They have seen the widow Beska and her neighbor enter nearly every day, and they must suspect that there is a fairly busy commerce between Artel and the widow. Fessia did not need to pretend to understand the inference. You don't think that they will abandon the tax immunity of the abbeys, do you? That edict is so old from the days of King Hedelgamot and the war with the Madel. Had it been only ten years earlier, it would be recorded in the most recent books in the Banath. It is not quite blasphemy to say that this edict is consecrated by time. I would expect anything, Fessia, said the Pabo. The steel-plated invaders would never, in the span of the Benathian chronicles, dare to cross the Kali Desert in belligerence. But they have shattered that precedent. We should have predicted it, but we were as prepared as we ever were. That is to say, we were more prepared for Yost to unmake this world and return the void into the eternal furnace than we were to see those thousands of Wentekias crest the outer hills of the Kaiwirid. Now, expect this unfortunate eventuality, and also predict what they may do to redirect our hatred. A silence followed. Fessia was inclined to look backward and admire the intransigent past but he was not equipped to face a future that couldn't be divined by conjecture. You are wise, Brother Fessia, to consider the obfuscated circumstance ahead of us, but you must now continue your studies in numerology, for you are the only brother in this tell that possesses any skill in that practice. Yes, O Pabo, and I thank you for your commendation. Shall I examine the full mathematical implications of this god, Bugogoy? The Pabo Duliak knew at this point that a line of research was likely to end in some esoteric quagmire, wherein any scrutable conclusion would be predicated entirely by the hypothesis. However, he did not wish to demoralize Fessia so that the young man would lose interest in his study, and neither would it suggest that the Pabo lacked any confidence in the practicality of this discipline. 
Indeed, there was another word whose numbers, he felt, might avail a very relevant description. No, brother, I believe we have dealt that topic to its end, and a grim conclusion was found. No, I'd like you to research, to its full meaning, the word cohiquatl. For a moment, Fessia seemed to suspect the Pabo of inventing some nonsense word for some bizarre, long-form prank. But then he remembered that the Pabo was incapable of such needless cruelty. Cohiquatl? Was that the word, O Pabo? Yes, you have it, said the Pabo. Very well. Would that be spelled K-H-K-W-L? Yes, Fessia, and I thank you. Now I must attend to Brother Gendel, for he has in his blessed head some secrets of limning that he hasn't shared yet with his apprentices. Although the pable was turning away, eager for less pedantic conversation, Fessia was not fully disengaged from the topic. Oh, Pabo, I beg a small moment. What is Coequatl? Is this some other Wentekia god that I have never heard of? No, Fessia, said the pabo. Such a word, by the sound of it, would unlikely be of Wentekian origin. It is only heard in my dreams, one that appeared to me as a memory that I cannot place. It has appeared for a long sequence of nights, so it may be significant. It was not a lie, and it was sufficient to tease Fessia's curiosity. Oh, yes, that is very likely to be significant. One, two, one, seven, eight. Yes, good. It is very propitious when a sequence does not include a ten or any multiple of ten, and it makes the course of the entire case so much more clear. Ah, well, that's very good, Fessia, said the Pabo. Please tell me soon what this name means, if you can. So you do know it is indeed a name, O Pabo. Only hours prior, the Pabo had been castigating those two boys about dishonestly wording a statement so as to misdirect the companion from the spoken facts, lying while telling the truth, as it were. And now he had intentionally misled Fessia, and his guilt was laid bare to this tiresome brother. Yes, I know that it is a name. Please do not ask me how I know this, Brother Fessia. Of course, O Pabo, I shall hew myself to my work now and bring you an answer immediately. I expect a clear explanation, O Brother said the Pabo, and then he left for Gendel's workshop. The censor was written and narrated by Seth Brady, with music by Noah Pardo. This is Seth Brady here, and I would like to thank you for listening all the way through and uh, taking in this uh, odd episode. Uh, I, I'm not sure how you would put it. It um, doesn't fit very much into the overall story, or at least doesn't seem like it does at this point. But trust me, we are um, we're learning a little bit more about this world, bit by bit. Remember, you could also learn more about this world by going to uh, thecensor.com. T-H-E-C-E-N-S-E-R.com. And uh, you can click the uh, lore tab and you'll learn more there. You can also click the listen tab if you want to listen to uh, any episodes there. 
You could also like us on um, on Facebook, facebook.com slash the censor podcast, and follow us on uh, Twitter at T censor. Um, what, what else is there to do? Uh, there's, I mean, there's many things you can do in your life. Namely, namely, you should not follow this religion. I'm not going to go on about that. You've heard me say why you shouldn't follow this religion. For one, it's a fake religion. And two, I've noticed that it doesn't work out very well when religions are invented in this modern time period. Um, I mean, we can't escape from the fact that the uh, Judeo-Christian family of religions, it's inescapable. It's part of our culture as a people. Um, and any, uh, I mean, there was that was somewhat ethnocentric of me to say particularly that family of religions. Uh, almost any, any religions on earth, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, you know, animistic beliefs, they're all deeply tied with our culture, so... I'm not I I'm not going to say anything against them, but do not invent a religion from this one that I've described. Nothing good can come from it. For one thing, it's not very well described at all. And also, don't base any hatred or prejudices or uh odd doting behavior on these characters. Remember they are they are backward. They're not uh they're not enlightened in men in many of the senses that we are today. Anyway, uh, now that I've undone a lot of what I said earlier, um, I want to thank you for listening so far. Please like and subscribe on iTunes and Apple Podcasts because um. Well, I suppose that's a way of spreading the word of this story, and I really want that to happen. I want more people to hear it. I don't want people to misunderstand it. I just want more people to hear it because, well, it would warm my heart. It would warm my heart significantly, considerably. Thank you, my friends.